You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You have to introduce yourself. Don't tell me what to do. You always go first. Because you do. Oh, I'm Carmen, and I always go first in introductions, apparently. That's my job. The data has shown <laughs> both that you go first and both that podcast listeners are easily bewildered by changes. People appreciate strong female protagonists. I need, I need a, certain, a certain order of events to get into my flow. All right, fine. I'm Carmen, and I am the storyteller. I'm Tyler. I jump in usually around here. I'm Gordy, a.k.a. the rear guard. <laughs> a.k.a. have one in your D&D party. It's always good. So what do we do on this show? We are going to take a folktale or fairy tale from somewhere in the world, and Carmen's going to read it to Tyler and I. We have never heard this story before. And we're going to pick it apart along the way, and we're going to look at all the plot holes, and we're going to try to make it make sense. We tried to go out of the way to look for really strange, crazy folk tales. We tried to stay away from Disney or Red Riding Hood or wait, the wait, ones... Wait, 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 wait. What's happening? I mean, we could try and stay away from maybe normal tellings of Red Riding Hood, but this episode, we're actually telling two Red Riding Hood stories. Wait, what? That's different in two ways. Yes. Um, our friend Clayton Michelson sent us a suggestion that is the origin point of the Red Riding Hood tale as we know it. Uh, this Red Riding Hood tale is somewhat different. But I've heard this story before. You haven't heard this there's, version. It goes a, against everything this podcast stands for. There's a girl and there's a wolf and then they fight at the end and a lumberjack cuts her out of a wolfman uh, tummy. Just, just a probing question. How much poop do you remember in the original one? I remember poop in every story because I insert it. <laughs> it it's weird. Before you asked that, I probably wouldn't have remembered. But as soon as you said that, it came flooding into my brain. <laughs> we'll say this. I know how to read between the lines. <laughs> I remember all of the inferred poop in that story. Oh, this one has... More blatantly inferred poop than perhaps the Red Riding Hood tale that you're familiar with. Um, and in the research for this one, I discovered some interesting stuff about this fairy tale, which happens to be one of my favorite fairy tales in the universe. Um, That's weird. I mean, it might it's have. It's like it's our logo or something. Might have contributed <laughs> to that. It might also have been my first published story, a Red Riding Hood adaptation. Called... Wait, you write stories? Yeah. And publish them? Sometimes. Can people read them? Uh, they will be able to, because I got the rights back to this story, so I will be self-publishing it as soon as the three-week grace period <laughs> ends, which should actually be tomorrow. When this goes up. <laughs> <laughs> the day after this goes up. Self-publishing so. in what? Uh, I will be doing this via the Kindle Direct Publishing. Oh, Never mind. I was going to ask you, like, what kind of woods and glues you were going to bind this in. I mean, sort ruined, of twine. You, you ruined my bit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> with your factual nonsense. <laughs> with the plans I've already with, created. With the progress of the 21st century. <laughs> that ruins most of your jokes. 
Yeah, all my all my good bits are just wrecked by the steady progress of time. So Red Riding Hood is one of the most ubiquitous tales. There are about fifty eight <clears throat> versions of it. I always like the BFG. What? The big friendly giant. I know what the BFG is. I'm waiting for the link, the connection. Favorite fairy tales. Does that count? Yeah. Mine's Fern Gully. (laughs) (laughs) Anything is a folk tale if you want it to be. You know what else? That is a tale that has fairies in it. You know what else is a great folk tale? The Wachowskis' expanded discography. (laughs) Despite what critics and the general public (laughs) may tell you. Anyway, there uh-huh. are 58 versions of Red Riding Hood, which is Arne Thompson type uh, 333. Titular? I believe so, yes. Um, I would hope so. It's called Red Riding Hood? I didn't actually look up the name of this Arne Thompson type because I read it in an article <laughs> describing the study of the Red Riding Hood fairy tale because it is so ubiquitous throughout the world and because there are a lot of very deep and interesting messages that you can unpack from it, which is part of what my uh, In the Belly of the Wolf story aims to do and one of the reasons why it is my absolute favorite fairy tale. Uh, It's been subject to a lot of study and one thing that they were trying to do is discover the origin point for this tale since it is all over the world. And they noticed it also had... A lot of similarities with another story called The Wolf and the Kids, which is a different Arne Thompson type, uh, 123. But they are so similar that they thought there might be some commonality in their their history. So they actually used a computer program that is typically used to trace evolutionary trees. And they uh, they took the all the 58 versions of the Red Riding Hood story, broke it down into, I think, 72 distinct plot variants, and threw this all on the computer and they were kind of expecting that the origin would be somewhere in Asia because they've got a story told in several Asian countries. Well, they assumed it would be somewhere around there because the tiger grandmother, which is the tale told in several Asian countries, has uh, elements of both the wolf and the kids and the little red riding hood that we know. But they were surprised when the computer program churned out different results. The wolf and the kid is actually one of the that is the earliest version mm-hmm. and it predates the grim version of little red riding hood that we're most familiar with by a thousand years so and it was told in the western world in the middle east and uh, other parts of europe uh, so the tiger grandmother branched off from the wolf and the kids and they think maybe pulled from the little red riding hood story as well to create that molded one rather mm-hmm. than being the origin point what year do they know I'm not Roundabout. sure. The grim version of the tale was taken from uh, Charles Perrault, who is a French folklorist, and we've—I think we've done one of his stories. And Maybe if that not, familiar. then I have some of his stories hanging out, ready to go. Uh, and the story that Clayton sent us is also French, and it's claimed to be the source for Charles Perrault's version. It is an oral telling that was told around the area that he pulled his slightly less poop-centric tale from. Aren't they all? I was hoping that you were going to tell us that the computer spit out a cave painting of our logo. (laughs) (laughs) And that we We? have become so powerful that we have 
disrupted the time stream. (laughs) We went back in time and planted this story. And, like, we need one that has an iconic visual representation that anyone will recognize. That is the premise for the What the Folklore computer game coming 2017. (laughs) Maybe. Probably. Depends how fast I learn Unity. Maybe, like, 2020. Let's say 2025 That's a good to be range. safe. So when I uh, when I typed out the notes for these, it turns out that um, the story of Grandmother, which is the oral tale, is very short and would probably be one of our future Patreon tales if it wasn't user-submitted or listener-submitted. No one uses the show. It's not useful at all. <laughs> but... I beg to differ. <laughs> uh, I thought it might be interesting if I read both the story of Grandmother, which is led directly to the Little Red Riding Hood we're familiar with, and The Wolf and the Seven Little Kids, which is the grim telling of the origin story. So the modern version is like is like Tim Burton's version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Basically, yes. And the old one is the Mel Stewart version of the movie. And the old, old one is the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell it to me in Roll Doll. That's how I understand. So I can start with either of them. What is your preference? Is there one that would make more sense? Start with, first. start with the earlier one. The earliest one? The Wolf and the Seven Little Kids? Let's okay. go chronologically. Alright. Well, On this, episode 48. <laughs> this completely <laughs> unspecial numeric episode. This, Just pretend this, it's our anniversary. This, yeah, special episode where we read the beginning of folklore. <laughs> folklore origins. Folklore origins. If anyone knows what the first folktale ever recorded was, because that you could just, be an interesting anniversary. If they don't, we can it's, decide. <laughs> it's the monomyth. It's Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell invented folklore and yeah. painted our logo on a cave. He discovered it in a cave. <laughs> Hungry and cold. Maybe that should be our logo. Joseph Campbell in a Joseph cave. Joseph Campbell in a cave. <laughs> or at least a shirt. Okay, we can maybe pull that one off. You, can you draw Joseph Campbell painting our logo in a cave? <laughs> okay. Here's Arn Thompson type 123, Wolf and the Kids. Once there was a goat who had seven little kids, and she loved them very much, as a good mother ought to. There's that goat kid flipperoo. I, I think they're goat kids. Like, Meh. Right, yeah. Like, you say kid, and I think I know what you're talking about, and then you throw that curveball at me right out of the bat. What curveball? That they're goat kids. Where's the curveball? They're not kid kids. They're not children kids. They're goat kids. You're goat it's racist the, that you just it's, assume. It's the same I, thing either way. I am not really, not whether, to me. Whether, I'm not afraid to say that I care less about goat children than, <laughs> than human children. So she loved them very much, unlike Tyler. Yeah, I don't. And one day she... Pick a different story. (laughs) We're gonna get to it. Please, sit down. (laughs) One day she decides she needs to go into the forest to fetch some food so they don't starve to death and stuff. Like Little Red Riding Hood. Sort of, yeah. And she calls the seven kids to her and tells them to be on guard against the wolf, who often disguises himself. But you can tell who he is by his rough voice and his black feet. So... Not great at disguise. No. Doesn't really, like, change his very recognizable he's, features. He's the Inspector Clouseau of the fairy tale world, you might say. So all the kids say, sure, no problem, don't worry, we got this. We're totally cool to be left on our own, Mom. And uh, 
The old mother goat goes on with an easy mind. Soon after she left, the wolf, who's apparently a creepy stalker, who's been watching this house... And, <laughs> Just waiting. But afraid of goat mom. Uh, knocks on the door and cries, Open the door, dear children! Your mother is here and she brought presents! <laughs> I assume, because he's got a rough voice. <laughs> mom, when did you take up smoking? <laughs> For the past 20 years. The kids knew it was the wolf because the voice was rough, and they say, Nope, you're not our mom. Her voice is soft and pleasant, and yours is rough. Who's goat racist now? You're the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to add an element of... Yeah, that was that was a very unflattering they... unflattering impression of goat kind. <laughs> Goats go mad. That's what they do. Do they? Yes. When some they're them, happy. Some this... of them faint. They just said that their mom's voice is smooth and silky. Yeah, but theirs isn't. They're kids. Kids' <laughs> voices are always annoying. Like black dynamite. Uh, so the wolf goes into town to do some shopping after this revelation. Does <laughs> it just gives up? Does it say that? Yeah, yeah. He goes. He goes shopping. <laughs> Where? In town. He Where? Goes, Walmart. Specifically. He, he goes to some merchants and he buys some chalk, and then he eats the chalk, which mm. makes his voice very soft. Mm. Uh, so he comes back and says in a much smoother voice, Open the door, dear children. Your mother is here and she brought presents. <laughs> um, but this time, for whatever reason, he laid his black paws against the window. So <laughs> the kids knew it was the wolf and they told him, You're not our mom. You have black paws and not not black paws. It's really lucky for the wolf that they're telling him exactly what he needs to change. <laughs> yeah. So I guess... Parents, safety lesson to your children. This is the first instance of a focus group. (laughs) (laughs) How can I improve my costume? This is the first ever marketing study. What do these kids want? (laughs) They want smooth voices and hooves. We're trying to market directly to goat children. Well, they don't say hooves, that their mom has hooves. Just that well, she's she a goat. She doesn't have the black feet of the wolf. They don't care They don't care what it is, as long yeah. as it's not black. Yeah. So the wolf solves this by going back into town, and he goes to the baker and tells the baker that he's hurt his feet and he needs dough rubbed on them. Dough? Yeah, I guess homeopathic. Is this remedy? common? I don't know. I've never heard of... I've never tried this. Rubbing dough on your feet. Nor, to... nor am I usually in possession of enough dough to make a difference. I'm, I'm sure that the story doesn't tell us. But what is this baker? Just a guy. Just a dude. He's Just a, a dude. human, a human man. I'm assuming all the rest of these characters like, are human until proven otherwise. All these townspeople have a great uh, rapport with this wolf. I guess they don't mention any species, so it's, it's like they're. I don't know. It's just like this human village next to this goat <laughs> What's, house. What's neutral to both wolves and sheep? What species? Donkeys? Whale? Turtles, maybe. Or maybe maybe <laughs> it's think... other goats, but he would then... But I don't know. I don't think turtles give a damn about either one of those animals. Maybe it's a wolf village. Maybe. But... Wouldn't they just ransack the goat house then? <laughs> I'm not sure, because when he gets his feet doed up, he goes to the miller and tells him to strew some white meal over his feet. And the miller thinks, this wolf wants to trick somebody. <laughs> No one would put dough on their paws and ask for a white meal to be strewn all over them if there wasn't trickery afoot. I mean, he's, he's not wrong. He's trying to invent bread shoes. So the miller refuses, but the wolf threatens to eat him. So 
He figures, oh, well, whoever he's tricking is not me, so he does it. Hmm. I suddenly understand the rapport that the villagers have with the wolf. <laughs> and the Miller oh, Therefore, it. Miller does what he wants, as uh, I'm sure the baker uh, did as well. And I'd forgotten this part, because I noted the story like two months ago, but the story does say at this point, truly men are like that. Hmm. So I think this is a human village. And it's true. If a wolf said, do a thing or I'll eat you, I'm like, all right. <laughs> no sweat off my ass. Yeah. Hmm. Depends. What do I have on me? Miller equipment. What level am I? Four. What are my magic capabilities? Zero. You're a Miller. That's rough, yeah. Int int nine. (laughs) That's that's pretty rough. You're a level four Miller, but like a level (laughs) zero adventurer. (laughs) So I took like four levels of commoner. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's not great. Okay, I see where this guy's coming from. Mistakes were made. So the talk has not worn off, and he goes to, well, that's the, handy. to the house. It doesn't say that. I'm just assuming. <laughs> the what? That the, this, what? The, the chalk, chalk hasn't worn off. I would, Will it I, ever? I guess not. It was magic it's chalk. In a while. Um, but he goes to their house a third time and repeats, Open the door, dear children. Your mother is here, and she brought presents. Look at my hands this time. <laughs> the kids <laughs> cried at him to show his paws first. And he holds up the white paws, so they believe him, and they let him in. This is the worst security system that's ever been devised. This is why it's important to have a safe word with your family. Yeah, it's stranger secret, danger. Secret passcode word. And your and your passcode shouldn't be a lack of visual <laughs> confirmation. <laughs> like, as long as these things don't appear, you're safe. Yeah. Should probably be a little tighter than that. Yeah, maybe. So they are, of course, terrified to see a wolf in place of their mother when they open the door. And one with such weird paws. Yep. One one of the kids hides under the table. Another runs into the bed. The third hides in the stove. The fourth in the kitchen. Etc. Stove kid made a big mistake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stove kid played right into the wolf's that is, hands. That is a, a grievous tactical error. Yep. And the wolf found all of them and swallowed them one by one, except for the youngest goat kid who hid in the clock case like the place where the pendulum is hanging that's now a that's re- a hiding spot that's a really good visual though <laughs> the goat just crammed into a clock with like a pendulum bouncing off his nose <laughs> look don't look just don't pressed look. up he'll never see me in here just making talking noises i'm glad this is not one of the many clock cases <laughs> that has a glass front we haven't invented glass yet they had saw his paws through the window. Open window. Ooh, paper. Paper windows in the Japanese style. Yeah, if it's Asia. There's not, though. It is Asia. That's the whole we talk, point. We had a whole conversation about y- yeah, Mongols. Which, which you didn't listen to. The self-origin story was in the, the Western. Yeah, this is France. This is the Gauls. No. This is Asterix like... and Obelix. <laughs> Parts of the Middle East into, like, Europe. They gotta pick one, though. Who was the first person to utter this story? That the computer program did not know. Who has the copyright? It did not give out a DNA profile and a name of the first storyteller who made this up. So, uh, the old goat comes home and sees the mess of a house, calls each of her kids by name one at a time with no answer until she gets to the youngest, and when she calls the youngest name, because it's not going to come out for any of the other names. Uh, Still comes out for... Their own. Yep. Probably not wise, considering you couldn't tell the difference between your mom's voice and a wolf last time. Yeah, but the wolf doesn't know their names. 
How do, how do they know that? <laughs> the wolf has black paws. In theory. There are four lights. And so she helps him out of the clock case, and he tells her what happened. So, this is, by the way, the grim retelling of the original tale, so there's probably been some like modernizations uh. as far as hiding place. Because I could not find a not grim retelling of this one. So they went out, and they saw the wolf snoring loudly by the tree outside. And <laughs> Didn't make it far. <laughs> just sort of chilling in their lawn. Just, yeah, it's, it's a good place to lie down. And they see that his sides are still moving, and they think it could be possible the children are still alive in there. It's like a snake. Yeah. The kid runs home and grabs some scissors, needle, and thread. The mother cuts open the wolf's stomach, gets her kids out, and they're all fine because the wolf was so greedy he didn't even bother to chew. (laughs) He has a very flexible throat. I mean, he was probably in a hurry. Like, this is the first time his tactic has worked. He got a little overexcited. Just had to jam as many of them as he could down in there before someone noticed. Yeah, jackpot. So she replaces each of the kids with big stones, and she sews the wolf back up. And the wolf is sleeping very deeply and never stirs to her during this During this surgical <laughs> procedure. It is quite a food coma. <laughs> so he wakes up, and he finds that he is very thirsty because of the stones in his stomach. Uh huh. I guess they soak up water. That's how that works. Uh, so he goes to the well to drink, but the stones knocked and rattled in him, and re- he realizes, oh, these are stones and not the food that I ate. <laughs> not again. Hold on. Hold on just one second. What is this scar from <laughs> the top of my throat? Someone took my kidneys. Uh, so the stones knock and rattle. He realizes they're stones, but he goes to the well anyway. Still thirsty. Yeah, did not change the fact that he was thirsty. Yeah. This revelation. That's fair. Um, but he, And he stoops over to drink, but the stones kind of mess with his balance, and he falls in and sinks and drowns. And all the kids come running to the spot where he drowned, and they dance in joy with his mother, with their mother, about his death. First blood! First blood! <laughs> <laughs> the end. It's- this story inspired by real-life events of Barbarossa. <laughs> I mean, probably not thirsty anymore. It's true. Not he is, ever he is again. Th- terminally quenched. He is thirstful. I want to see that thriller movie. Terminally quenched. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Straight to B-list. Yeah. It's like when mankind creates the most potent weapons-grade Powerade known to man. <laughs> but it's too strong. It's too thirst quenching. And sentient. And uh, electrolyte filled. <laughs> and can take over the mind of organic matter. <laughs> the Powerade monster loose on the world. Science gone too far. You can never ask if we should, only if we could <laughs> quench the thirst of the masses. Is that the end of the story? That's the end of the story. Everyone's happy the wolf's dead. Okay, so should we cut and discuss? We might as well just keep yeah, going. Yeah, just discuss. So it's got some, definitely some Red Riding Hood mm-hmm. elements there. Also some uh, Three Little Pigs right. going on. Yeah. Uh, it's also, I don't know if you guys ever read Lon Popo when you were a kid. What? Lon Popo. I think so. The Chinese tale, the that, Chinese Red Riding Hood tale. That sounds familiar. I don't know how folklorically sound that one is, but 
it is a similar tale of human children who've been left by their mother for a night to go do something and they're harangued by a wolf who disguises himself piece at a time. So that one's in China. So claim to be. So why is it sheep's clothing and not goat's clothing? I think that's a different tale. He didn't really why, dress as a goat. He dressed why, as a bread pod. <laughs> why, why is it not a he wolf? He dressed as a nut wolf. Yeah. Why is it not a wolf dressed in bread shoes? Well, I guess that doesn't have the same ring. I think there's another story about a wolf in sheep's... Wearing sheep's wool to hide in so. a flock. Yeah, it's Looney Tunes. But this one came first. The great folklore. Yeah. I mean, I think I get this one. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Those kids were dipshits. <laughs> they could have asked some more penetrating questions. Their mother could maybe have raised them to be a little bit smarter if, around strangers. If no, they no, because they're goats. If they had a good... <laughs> If they had agreed on a security question, this would not be a problem. Like, if anybody who knocked had to... They, they asked, like, what was what was the make and model of the first car that you ever drove? Or what, what is the city of your birth? Or what's your mother's maiden name? Well, this was before identity theft became such a common and lucrative business. Yeah, it was... I don't know why, because it seems super easy. For goats. If you're a goat and a wolf... Yeah, all you need is bread dough and what if, what flour, if, apparently. What if a human with a smooth, silky voice had knocked on their door? Just wanted some goat action? Yeah, and had tried to get in. Would they, they don't have, they have white feet sometimes. In Western Europe, they do. <laughs> I've seen some, seen a few. Or they could wear gloves. They could have... Smooth voices. They're part of the land of gentry. They probably have gloves. I mean, they know that goat goat house is wolf territory, so they probably just don't ever go over there. Yeah, the wolf's already threatened to eat everyone who tries because he's been staking this place out for a while. See, he was he was right there as soon as she went off to get food. Yeah, he was. He was like at the mailbox. Was this an ongoing scheme then? Maybe, maybe she'd had previous. Does he live in a truck on their lawn or something? Is <laughs> <laughs> this, like, installment 100 of this wolf and goat saga? And she's mentioned to be old in one of her descriptors, so I wonder if this is just, like, her next batch of children. The, and she the just, goat? Yeah, she just keeps losing them to this wolf who, who sees her as this perpetual larder, which is why he doesn't go after the mother who is already out of the house oh, and unprotected. That's smart. Yeah, because he knows. I wonder if it's a fox and the hound sort of thing where this goat lady and this wolf grew up together, <laughs> like his next door neighbors, and he's just been haranguing her children. That's. I think that's what happened in Fox and the Hound. The didn't, sequel. Didn't the fox just wait for the hound to keep having babies and then he ate them all? Yeah, fed them to a bear. Yeah. One at a time. As yeah. I recall. Disney got dark. I mean, they <laughs> the animators were getting old. A little crotchety. <laughs> Wanted to take on some tougher stuff. Like bear tributes. <laughs> also, what food did this goat need to get? They eat, like, trash and grass and stuff. <laughs> they do subsist on garbage they can find outside. <laughs> well, where are they going to find that but a human settlement? I mean, I, I guess you could go get some special food, but I'm assuming the 
they are surrounded by nature since what there's a tree. What kind of stuff. food? Like artisanal organic goat millet? I guess. I think it was artisanal baker's leavings. It doesn't describe what she comes home with. She's just rifling through dumpsters. That's her shopping trip. I like the idea of baker's leavings. <laughs> it's the leavings of one profession or another. Just, just pack them in my sack. I have to bring them home to my dear little children round seven. <laughs> And if you could set me up with that handsome goat man over there, I think I'm going to start on the next batch. Yeah. Just in case they're not there when I get home. Again. Yeah, where is goat dad? Yeah. He's, deadbeat. Yeah, he's definitely a deadbeat dad. You see why I don't like goats? <laughs> they don't raise their kids, right? Yeah. Maybe this is a friendly rivalry. <laughs> and the goat mom comes back. She's like, you got me again. Oh, that. <laughs> you got him again. That wolf boy. Guess I'm going to cut him open and drown him. <laughs> One one of these days. I guess it's time to get back to the goat club and get my grind on. <laughs> get another goat sperm donor. How is how she many... a goat stripper? Like can we can we make that canon? That's how she supports sure, the not? family. Yeah. How many goats how many kids do goats have in a in one go, in a litter? I think just like one or two. Like I don't think like, they don't... It's not like they lay eggs or anything. Yeah, it's not like, like puppies, either. The, yeah, there are hooves and stuff involved, and I think yeah, they want to limit only, the amount of that they're pushing out at there's once. There's got... Any animal with hooves that gives live birth is horrifying, first of all. <laughs> and and exponentially so if they don't do it one at a time. Do we know that goats give live birth? I, I have I have personally never observed it. So I can't be a hundred percent sure. How can we be sure that goats just don't remove like molt out of their skin? <laughs> they don't just shed more of themselves. Yeah. How can we personally, or we as a human collective? Because I think there's an easy answer to that second one. <laughs> Me personally. Uh, How do I better myself? <laughs> we'll go on YouTube. Okay. We'll look up goat birth. Oh boy, this night just got <laughs> exciting. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Because it's disgusting and it's wrong. Google what am goat birth. <laughs> I'm feeling lucky. Would that be... <laughs> oh, that is a roulette wheel you do not want to spin. Oh. Half of them are going to be tool videos. Like tool music videos. It's alright. I'm down for that. Let's, let's they learn... they live goat birth as part of their, their music extravaganza I am yet? willing to bet that it is so. Almost certainly. They have at least three albums titled Live Goat Birth. Yeah, you didn't... In the mid-90s, they came out with the Live Goat Birth trilogy. They said, oh yeah, Meatloaf, take this. <laughs> they all sound exactly the same. <laughs> it's actually just the same album, released three different times. Tool metal music videos are, I would say, 80% of my source for nature knowledge. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Screw you, Discovery Channel. <laughs> let's, let's see what Metallica has going on. Can There's learn. some synergy there that could probably match pretty well. <laughs> Teaching kids through the power of metal. Yeah. Educational <laughs> metal music videos. <laughs> I've oh, Look, I've got bats, to bats can put be a dismantled on that. science. <laughs> yeah, you want to learn about bat anatomy? Let's let's watch some Aussie footage. <laughs> 
Isn't there already a dinosaur metal band for children? Yeah, they're Finnish. Are they educating at all, or are they just meddling? I think they're just a metal dinosaur kid band from Finland. So they don't give dino facts. They're not online. I don't speak Finnish, so I can't be certain. But I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think they call it Finlandese. Yeah, every language is... This is Englishese that we're speaking now. Is but it? It, would, it would be pretty great if they sang metal songs like <laughs> Parasaurolophus was a water-dwelling herbivore <laughs> No one knows what that thing was for <laughs> On top of its head <laughs> Why do we have an appendix? It's the intro to their, their uh, first album <laughs> Multiplication Tables! <laughs> Gonna learn two times seven. There's, there's, now, now which, there's gotta be a profitable patent in here somewhere. Which appendix are they talking about? The appendix that we all share. A human in in the human body? Yeah, not, not or in a book. Not in the book body. <laughs> yes. Which is also one. a vestigial organ that no one uses. Exactly. <laughs> it's aptly named. <laughs> I think we've answered all the questions for this story. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't said the word wolf or goat in a little while, <laughs> so we should probably move on. Okay, let's check out the next one, I guess. Alright, now we get closer to the story we all know and love. Thanks to Clayton, who you can blame for this after I'm done. <laughs> friend of the show Clayton temporarily Clayton something Clayton last name more than friend of the show brother of the show by this point whoa what are those ranks by the way Michelson Clayton Michelson Clayton Michelson <laughs> I thought it was Michelson but I wanted to make sure in case I was dumb um yeah, you send us in one show one story request you become a brother brotherhood and or sister of the show hmm. Uh, you sent us two, and then it's a blood bond. You sent us three, we just hand it over to you. Three. Three, you are, you are a nuisance of the show. And then it goes down from there. Because three, we get real petty and we say, you do it! <laughs> You're so good at this, why don't you do the show? I mean, I do have 23 stories already noted and ready to go. But I, I'll take new ones. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> Four, you just become burden of the show. Because <laughs> the mounting obligation is just too much. I, w- I will actually take new ones. All 23 of those are from similar sources, so I have to spread them out. Anyway, now we get to the story of Grandmother. Who's Grandmother? Grandmother. The, everything you need to know is in that title. And I think you'll find it is the most apt title that the story put, could have possibly chosen for itself. Okay. What's the title? The Story of Grandmother. So okay. I'm going to assume that this is the only event of import in her life, then. If it is the story of Grandmother. Yeah. This is the only event. Yeah. <laughs> the nothing, only thing that happened. Nothing before or after this mattered. But, because it <laughs> happened, the wheels of time were set into motion. This starts out pretty straightforward with, Once there was a woman who made bread. At one point, she made some bread. She told her daughter to carry the hot loaf and a bottle of milk to her granny. A woman? Wait, who There's made just, the bread? Just a woman. She made some bread. That's where we're starting. Oh, not the grandmother. Nope. 
The inciting incident is, I think I'll make some bread. All right, now you get to carry this to your grandmother with some milk also. So the little girl departs with this, the Atlanta, Georgia anti-snow kit. Because <laughs> anytime there's a hint of snow here, we, milk have, to or go, bread. we have to go milk buy and or bread. milk and bread. Those are the areas of our grocery store that are ransacked. Uh, so the little girl departs, and on the way she meets, uh, I think it's Zoo, which is a werewolf. Zoo? The Zoo. B-Z-O-U. Sure. The zoo. The werewolf at the crossroads. The werewolf asks her, where is she going? And she says, I'm going to take this hot loaf and a bottle of milk to my granny. The werewolf then asks, what path are you taking? The path of needles or the path of pins? And she says, taking the path of needles. And the werewolf says, all right, then I'll take the path of pins. All right, whatever. No one asked you. (laughs) She says, who invited you? (laughs) Moving on. So they each take separate paths on this crossroads. Not good to meet you. <laughs> I already have a boyfriend, thanks. <laughs> and the girl entertained herself on the way by gathering needles, so apparently it's literally just a path of needles. <coughs> what kind of needles? Sewing, I assume. Or pine needles. <laughs> or not. <laughs> either way is fine. Um, Would you like the pine needle path or the pin path? Which could either... Oh, it's spelled like pointy pins, so not writing pins. Although it was an oral tale, so who knows if that or was... Or pine written. pins. <laughs> Never mind. What happens next? Were, were you going to... You seem to be distressed about something. Well, let's go on for now. Okay. So she gathered needles while the, were- while the werewolf ran down the path of pins to grandmother's house. Because apparently both these paths go to the same place in the end. And he knows where grandmother's house is from That's this the, brief interaction. The symbology of this whole story. So he goes to grandmother's house, kills her, and puts some of her meat in the cupboard and a bottle of her blood on the shelf. Why was it bottled? Wait, was it pre-bottled? I think he bottles it. It's just a thing. Yeah. Just his thing. Maybe he runs a distillery in his spare time. It's a hobbyist. Just has a lot of extra bottles. So, not really the story of Grandma. Yeah, that's, the, <laughs> that's like, that's Grandma. <laughs> that's a story involving Grandma. That's a, that's a series wrap on Grandma. <laughs> so the girl arrives at her grandmother's house and knocks on the door, and the werewolf says to push the door, it's barred by a piece of wet straw. Okay, we're good with that? All right. I'm not good with it. I... <laughs> Yeah, I just, it hit my brain, I just kind of went, okay, fine. Like, I can't, whatever, like, I can't fight that. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather that it didn't, but I'm powerless to it. (laughs) Like, it's too too late for them, they already did it. (laughs) It's not, the door's unlocked, it's just, (laughs) a single piece of wet straw is is blocking it, so probably you can handle this. Uh, So the girl opens the door and greets her granny, saying that she's brought a hot loaf and a bottle of milk. And the werewolf instructs her to put them both in the cupboard and then to take the meat and the bottle of wine that she'll find inside. Mm. So she trades bread and milk for meat and wine. So Granny was already doing better off, like, from this perspective than she was before she, didn't she came. Need, she didn't need this milk or bread. Despite right. her retirement home being at the end of two equally treacherous paths. Yes. <laughs> Who uh, bought that lot maybe. and decided to build a home there? Maybe she bought it before the paths were built, and it was just part of an eminent domain situation. By a wizard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who else would claim eminent domain in this world? <laughs> so the girl eats the 
the meat and enjoys a bottle of uh, wine, which is... Were they for her? Yeah, the the werewolf tells her to take them and eat Yeah, but, them. like, back to her mom, probably. No. As a barter. I mean, maybe, but... It, uh, the, <laughs> but the, she just pounds it all right yeah. there? <laughs> it's not even cooked meat. Wow. <laughs> just eats it. Red is hardcore. And drinks the blood... Which she assumes is wine, but she's a kid, so maybe she just thinks, oh, this is what wine should taste like. Mm-hmm. Funny how I'm not gagging on this automatically like a body would do, because you're not supposed to be able to consume large amounts of blood. Says you. We, yeah, we're not. We don't know anything about her. So when she finished eating, a little cat just happened to be there, says to her, Fooey, a slut is she who eats the flesh and drinks the blood of her granny. Whoa. Cat. <laughs> Cat, it's 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down with the slurs. Yeah, you can take your shaming elsewhere, thank you. Uh, she does not think anything of a cat speaking or calling her a slut or mentioning that she just ate the meat and blood of her grandmother. Nor would I. Fuck that cat. <laughs> what do you say to that? She, she doesn't say anything, so... girl doesn't comment on this at all or seem affected by it. And the werewolf says, undress yourself, my child, and come lie down beside me. What does Cat have to say about that? <laughs> Cat is silent from this point forth. <laughs> Cat's like, I don't want anything to do with this judgy little bitch. Cat has made its point. So the the girl asks where she should put her ape. <laughs> Cannibalism and bestiality are pretty slutty qualities, though, aren't they? <laughs> it's not you, too. <laughs> Gordy! He's You're gone right. to the way of the cat. You're right, that was out of line. <laughs> you cannibal and beast, bestial, bestiality all you want. Well, she doesn't know it's bestiality. She thinks it's her grandmother asking her to get naked and in bed with her. That's not any better. So necrophilia. So I just, she doesn't know her grandma's dead. She thinks her living grandmother's telling her <laughs> to get undressed and get into bed with her after eating some raw meat. It's just like Age play? (laughs) I don't know what's going on It's definitely fetish porn From here on out So just like strap in for this story That should be the subtitle of our show (laughs) What the folklore Not not making sense of senseless tales Historic fetish porn (laughs) It's definitely fetish porn from here on out (laughs) Could be the (laughs) sub-subtitle <laughs> so the girl asks where she should put her apron, and the wolf says to throw it in the fire, my child. You won't be needing it anymore. And rather than taking this for the ominous warning that it should be, she asks where she should put her bodice, and the wolf says to throw it in the fire. And she asks about the dress and her petticoat and the long stockings and everything else. Kid, fire. I'm going to say the same thing every time. <laughs> every time. It's put it in the fire. It's like talking to a robot. <laughs> I mean, she complies like a robot. Yeah, she just input commands and she just executes. Mm-hmm. Burn clothes, dot exe. <laughs> <laughs> so when she finishes burning all her clothes, she lies down in the bed and she says, Oh, Granny, how hairy you are. And the wolf says, The better to keep myself warm, my child. And she says, What big nails you have. The wolf says, Better to scratch myself with, my child. What big You know, because sh- of the fur. Yeah. She says, what big shoulders you have, the better to carry the firewood, my child. What big ears you have, better to hear, what big nostrils, better to snuff my tobacco with. 
What a big mouth. <laughs> Granny is snorting tobacco 24-7. I mean, it's pretty clear already that Granny is into partying. <laughs> that yeah. shouldn't come as a surprise. Yeah. But this Granny, is no, nothing she's questioned so far. Granny has some very clear ideas about what a good evening looks like. <laughs> Raw meat, naked bedtime, Bloodline, and some snoot. Uh, she says, what a big mouth you have. And the wolf says, better to eat you with. But doesn't immediately go into eating her, and this child does not pay a lot of attention to context clues, so... Does not compute. (laughs) She just keeps on going. So the girl says in response to this, Oh, Granny, I have to go badly. Let me go outside. And the wolf says, Do it in the bed, my child. This is where the poop happens. And she says, oh no, Granny, I want to go outside. And so they argue <laughs> for a little bit about this, where she's allowed to defecate. This, Yeah, this is definitely like some German-made weird poop fetish porn. Yeah, this, this feels like it's the script to <laughs> a pornographic version of Little Red Riding Hood. It's, was, it's the original script of Two Girls, One Cup. <laughs> If you had like 50 bucks to shoot a fairy tale inspired porno, it would be this scene. It's true. <laughs> what can we get for free? Uh, so the werewolf finally concedes that it's okay for her to go outside, but she needs to make it quick. And the werewolf attaches a woolen wo- rope to her foot and sends her outside. And the girl goes outside and ties the end of the rope to a plum tree in the courtyard. So she at least thought that that part was weird. Yeah, and maybe I don't want to have this on my foot. And and maybe like seeing the wolf get out of bed to find a rope and then tie it to her, she's like, yeah, you're probably not my grandma. So having a poop leash is where she draws the line. (laughs) Right. The rest of this is fine. That's that's where it hits her brain (laughs) that I poop unfettered. (laughs) Something weird is going on. Grandmama has never poop leashed me before. <laughs> she lets me poop freely. <laughs> With abandon. So after some time passes, the werewolf gets impatient and uh, sticks its head out the window and asks, uh, Are you making a load out? Uh, a load, yeah, I think. A load out there? It's either a load or a loaf. I don't know if I typed this out wrong. It's a load. But are you making a load out there? It could very, be a loaf. Very insistent about questioning the pooping status of the squirrel and when she when the werewolf realizes that no one's answering he goes out and sees that the girl has escaped and he follows her but arrives just at, at her house just at the moment that she entered it and closed the door so that gamut's up did he at any point step in her poop not to my knowledge well there goes the money shot <laughs> did she poop at all maybe Maybe it was like a on the way poop. Or is she <laughs> just running for a life? She's like, mm, yeah, I could get one out. I'm pretty sure raw granny meat might go through you pretty quick. And blood. Yeah, maybe maybe it was not her choice. <laughs> it's like, hey, grandma, that weird wine and that raw steak you gave me earlier is running through me real quick. Just do it in the bed, slowly. <laughs> The way your granny likes it. <laughs> oh. It's no wonder this story has had the longevity that it has. <laughs> yeah, that, through human history. That is a tableau to work from. That is a fertile field. <laughs> I like to, to think of Charles Perrault going, looking at this and going, 
there's some good bones here, but we have some <laughs> fixing up to do before I tell this to my kids. Because <laughs> potty training took a long time, and I don't want them to think it's normal for someone to ask. I don't want them to, to get ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's all kids are really trying to do. Is find excuses to poop in their bed. But yeah. the wolf girl did it. The wolf girl thought it was okay for grandma to ask to poop in her bed, so this is our night now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the wolf is surprised that she's making a load, so maybe the wolf just thought it was like, you're just going to pee in the bed. Like, ease you oh. into this. Maybe, I don't know. The wolf was taking quite a gamble there, then. It's true. You don't know which end that's coming out of. Why the wolf didn't just eat her Wait, at the point? Is the story over? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Going. What happened? Sure. She got home and the wolf got there just as she entered her house and I'm like, oh, well. And is a vampire also? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. It's too much effort at that point. It's time to go hone its skills for other girls bringing food to their grandmother. Well, I have a question then. Okay. Why is this the legacy of grandma? <laughs> it's the story of grandma. Yeah, why is this what grandma is remembered for? Is this weird poop encounter between her granddaughter and a werewolf? Uh, maybe she didn't accomplish much in life. She does live all alone at the end of two paths full of needles and pins. Which were maybe put there as a warning to people not to go visit this lady. Uh, question two. Cat? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe it's just the moral mouthpiece of the storyteller, just in case you thought it would be okay why, to eat Why would they speak up there? You're saying that the cat was the furry self-insert of the author. I think it was just, like, covering all their bases. Like, I'm not endorsing grandmother cannibalism. Here's a cat to tell you this. <laughs> Because I don't intend to deal with it at all Hmm. later in the story. She will not deal with the emotional repercussions of realizing that her grandmother's dead, she's eaten it, and she's too dumb to tell a wolf at first glance. (laughs) Most of my questions are, how did this, this child not know immediately that something was wrong? She lives in a village that has a path of pins and needles leading out of it. And maybe, she just does what she's told maybe there's a, by yeah, whoever. Which is the opposite of the actual Red Riding Hood story. <laughs> Very obedient. And one of the cool things I was reading about in the analysis of this story was um, the commentary that she takes her own initiative to escape the wolf. There's no woodcutter or anything that comes in to save her after she's been eaten. Um, she, she pulls a poop audible. Yeah. But that it was changed in the later story and that this maybe had something to do with taking some agency away from the female character. I don't yeah. know how accurate that is. They can't in- figure that out. Intentionally. For but... themselves. They need they need a good, strong man to come save them. But yeah, there was no... Don't stray from the path admonition. There's no... like One of the things that I really clued in on with the original Red Riding Hood tale and that in the belly of the wolf was written to address was the victim blaming aspect of the Red Riding Hood story. Mm-hmm. That it's her fault. Yeah. For being eaten. Yeah. In the original story, like the moral of it is that you do as you're told, you don't stray from the path and anything that happens to you at that point on is your fault. Like Oh yeah. You're not supposed to talk to strangers. 
It's a cautionary tale. Kind of, but it's also very much a victim-blaming tale. Yes. Like, if we want to get serious here for a moment, there are a lot of correlations between that and, and like, rape victims getting blamed for their... Choices. Audacity to maybe not... Go outside. ...follow the path to go out after dark. I can, can't count the number of times that my mother and several other people admonished me for going to do my art homework in the moon building after dark, like walking on my own to go there, and how dumb and silly it is that this is a normal thing. Like, I can't go outside, and if something happens to me, it's going to be thought as partly my fault, because I had the... I mean, you were outside. Yeah, I was outside, and it was after dark, and how dare I? I was basically asking for it, and that's kind of what the Red Riding Hood story tells you is she that totally asked to get eaten. yeah if you go off the path or if you're polite to the stranger who initiates conversation with you in the woods then anything that happens to you after that is at least part of your on fault you. look at how she was dressed yeah bright red. red you can see her from a mile wanted away wanted to be eaten makes you think about meat <laughs> and hungry that's why mcdonald's is red and yellow but mostly red well so it's just interesting to me that this origin tale <laughs> Well, <laughs> who can say the real color balance? But there's some red in there. For I sure. like the little adventure that Gordy's going on. <laughs> so, no. let's, let's talk about color psychology for a minute. <laughs> and how red makes you hungry and how Red Riding Hood deserved it. <laughs> red makes you hungry and yellow <clears throat> makes you both happy and uncomfortable. So. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Maybe she should have been... Little little yellow riding hood, and the wolf just would have felt skeeved out and left. So it's, it's interesting that this tale takes kind of the opposite approach. Like she's just told to go out, the wolf and her interact, and then go opposite directions. Like, but there's no admonishment for her just talking to someone who's a wolf initiated this conversation. It's also like she's she picks up the needles, but it's not presented as a dilly dallying. This whole story could have changed if she hadn't been futzing around with needles. Mm -hmm. There's no one there to explain the difference between the two paths. It's true. It's almost as if they don't matter. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost as if they added nothing to the story. Kind of like them from a poetic standpoint. Like I like the idea of having to choose between the path of pins and the path of needles. needles. It's like labyrinth. Yeah. Doesn't matter which road you go down, you're still going to end up staring at David Bowie's crotch bulge sooner or later. That's true. That's the real moral of this version of the tale. You say that like it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> We're powerless to stop it. <laughs> not it, that we want to. It is what it is. It's interesting to me that this story did not end in wolf gore, as they like, typically do. Yeah, the wolf didn't die. Grandmother didn't get resurrected. Like they sort of just went their separate yeah, ways. And he's just never talked like, about almost she, pooping on each other again. Right. She didn't get eaten ever. Yeah. No woodcutter saved her. Grandma's just done though. Yeah. She was on her way out. She's just done so. She's a grandma. How much time does she have left? In this society, I think not a lot. It's amazing that she was a grandma. Yeah. She should be grateful that she survived that long. And that she went out in a pretty badass way. She could technically have been... Werewolf murder. She could have technically Wish I could be so lucky. A grandma at like... Seven. Twenty-six, maybe? Yeah, if they were really, really... 
Like, if, if it's, like, on point. puberty milestone equals throw at a child, mm-hmm. then, yeah, she could be a grandma as young as 26. I mean, in those days, pretty much, like, you hit puberty, guess what? You got work to do. You are a baby factory for the rest of your life. <laughs> so you're trying to say that she was a gilf. A grandma, yeah, yes. <laughs> or a guile with an E on the end. And the E stands for eat and then cut up into raw steak and blood and feed to granddaughter. While encouraging granddaughter to get naked and to utilize the bed for excretionary purposes. That is the longest E I've ever heard. (laughs) You should see the number. Or it could be summed up with uh, grandmother I'd love to excrete, which covers all the... There you go. Yeah, that really does sort of take the cake. I'm I'm sure that sometime after that door closed on the wolf's face, a lot of psychological repercussions fell down on this girl's head. Someone needs therapy, for sure. Who, though? Definitely the girl. Yeah. Red Red Riding Hood, so to speak. I think if you ate your raw grandmother and then got naked with a wolf who wanted you to to fulfill his weird fetishes... I mean, I guess the question remains, does she ever find out who her parents are? (laughs) That would help. But also, that she ate and drank her grandma. I'm assuming she can put two and two together even if she ignored the cat entirely. But she is pretty dense up until the last part. Unless she's like doing that thing where you know if you run now, they'll get you. So you have to kind of go along with the thing until... I was curious about that because we never enter her head. Right. So it it could very well be that she... Was just biding time for the appropriate opportunity. Like the cat clued her in on it and she just had to keep silent and get as naked as the wolf wanted her to. (laughs) I suppose, yeah. Until, like, this is a kidnapping situation at that point and so there's a certain level of going with the demands until you can find your opportune moment to actually make an escape. Mm -hmm. But a lot more agency than the red we've come to know. Yeah. Or goats. Or the goats. Yeah. Both. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so, listen, when the cats call you a slut, they're probably onto something. That's the moral know. of this story. <laughs> All the times your cat is judging you, they're right. <laughs> That's an awful lot, I think. <laughs> yeah, get world. your shit together. <laughs> it's a harsh world we live in. You're telling me that if a cat's judging you at any given point, there's not something you could probably be doing a little bit more effectively? Sure, but so could the cat. (laughs) Like, not judging me. And pulling its damn weight around here. On that note, (laughs) we'll see you guys next week. For probably only one story. Probably. Back to routine. But you never know. Yeah, we like to shake things up. It's fast and loose in fairy tale HQ over here. (laughs) What the headquarters? Okay. All right, goodbye. (laughs) We gotta stop him now. (laughs) 
This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash wtfolklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore or mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.